Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. All right, get out your Bibles today as we continue on our summer sermon series called Unshakable Faith. This is all about the faith that we have in God that no matter what life holds, that popping is my microphone just go past it. It's just going to, we're going to preach with it anyway today. Uh, how we're going to, uh, no matter what comes across our life, even popping in a microphone, we're going to have unshakable faith, right? That's what it's all about, uh, that we're going to have faith that God's going to bring us through in a world full of chaos. And how many would agree we live in a world full of chaos? Anybody? Anybody who live in the world today? Um, Crazy upside down thinking. Uh, it's so interesting in our world today. Wrong is right, and the right are made wrong. It's really interesting in our world today how, uh, how so many times the people who victimize other people have more compassion for them than the people who were victimized. And this is upside down. This is not the way it's supposed to be. So how do we sustain our faith in a world full of chaos and a world full of uncertainty, how do we have stable faith? I'm not talking about new faith, not talking about new believers. I'm talking about those that have been in the faith for a long period of time. Where do you draw your faith from? How do you stand when push comes to shove in the world? Where is your testimony at for Jesus Christ? Because that's really what matters. And so we're looking at the book of James. We're doing a whole summer series on the book of James. If you haven't been here, you can go back online. You can watch all the videos, listen to all the videos on the podcast, whatever you want to do. We have all the sermons in there. And here's kind of brief summary where we've come so far. We talked about first week with the marks of a mature person. What does a mature person look like? Because really, that's the key. Because we live in a world full of people who are old, but they're not necessarily mature. Are you all hearing me in that? right? We live in a world that has a lot of people that may be 30, 20s and 30s and 40s, even 60s and 70s, and yet they act like they're 10, or they act like they're 15, right? Teenagers, they're squibbling and squabbling all over Facebook. They're posting and blogging and bashing each other. It's just not the way it is. So the marks of a mature person, we talked about that the first week. What does that look like? What does a mature person look like? That was the first week. Then we talked about, uh, the second week, we talked about how do we get through our problems? How do we persevere when problems come our way? James tells us. Uh, we talked about things about how do we handle when persecution comes our way? How do we stand up underneath it? We talked about many different things over the last several weeks about what it means to be a marks of mature person, what a Christian, a mature Christian is supposed to look like. And uh, last week was all about faith. All about the fact that show me your faith, I'll show you what I do. And basically what James said last week was, listen, you can preach all you want, but your lifestyle needs to be the greatest testimony you can give. Okay. And that's really what it was all about last week. It was all about, listen, get on Facebook and put all the Christian ease you want out there. But if your lifestyle doesn't line up with it, it means nothing to Christianity because we as faithful people, we don't just say it, we do it. Remember what I said? It's not what you say. It's not what you think. It's not what you believe. It is how you live. It's what you do in your life that makes a difference. That's the greatest testimony you're going to leave behind when you leave this world is what you've done with your life. That's the greatest thing. Okay. Today, uh, I want to talk about one of the most challenging parts 
of James for me to preach. Yes, that's right. I know you think I can just preach this pretty easily, but today is about our mouths. Turn your neighbor and say mouth. It's your mouth. It's your mouth. It's what you say. It's your mouth. Today, I want to talk with you about how to manage our mouths. And everybody in the house who's with me say, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Oh, Lord. It's going to be a good day, Jesus. I really thought about skipping this section. I thought, they're not going to miss it. I don't have to. I'll just skip right past it. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit just has a way of saying, hey, you either take it all or don't take any at all. And I say, we're going to take it all. Remember who James is, this writer who wrote this letter, half-brother of Jesus, the son, the biological son of Mary and Joseph, uh, who was raised with Jesus, saw how Jesus lived his life. And now he is a follower of Jesus and he is now teaching what Jesus taught. I believe behind the scenes, things that James says are things that the other disciples did not hear, but James would have heard because of the life that he had behind closed doors with Jesus. Now, half-brother Jesus, and he's speaking to Christian Jews who are brand new to the faith. They just come out of Jew Judaism. They're just learning, okay, we were Jewish, but we're now following this Jesus guy. And how does that work? And how does that look? And how do we live it out? And, and we're talking about not legalism. We're talking about laxity. How do we follow Jesus with a passionate pursuit? He has three themes he talks about. He talks about live life consistently. Who you are behind closed doors is who you are to be in public. Live consistently. Second thing, do not fear what people do to you or can do to you because Jesus Christ is the greatest rewarder of our faith. And the last thing is, when the persecution comes, stand strong in your faith. So, how to manage our mouths. Just let it sink in for a moment. We're going to talk about it. Do you realize, on average, a man speaks 7,000 words a day? And some of you men, that's a lot. You don't even speak that besides your grunts, and I guess you count your grunts and your moan. <clears throat> but a woman, a woman speaks 20,000 words a day. 7,000, 20,000. And for some of us, it's more than 20,000. It just, you can't click that much. You just can't click that much. A person will spend a, a quarter, a one-fifth of their life speaking. If you took what somebody said in one year, it would fill up 66 books at 800 pages each. Lots of words that are spoken. One guy said, do you ever resent the fact that your wife always gets the last word in? He says, no, I'm just glad when she does. <laughs> I have more, but I'll refrain from that. So many times we say so many different things. So many times we speak. From the time you're born, you learn how to talk. You learn how to construct language, sounds, way to communicate, how to communicate with humans around us. We are always trying to figure out how to say things uh, from the time we're born. When the first word is spoken, how excited we get when our children say the first word. And then when they become teenagers, we regret ever teaching them how to talk, right? This is, this is the process. So many times we have what's called hoof and mouth disease. 
open mouth, insert foot, right? Anybody in the house want to be honest today and say, I sometimes say things I shouldn't have said. Raise your hands up high. Come on, this is church. We're not, we're not perfect for, by any means, yeah? If you didn't raise your hand, teach us what the secret is besides becoming a monk in a monastery. Like the stock boy that went up and a lady, an elder lady that went up to him and said, Sonny, can I get a half a head of lettuce? And so he said, let me check on my manager. So he walks to the manager and he says, you're not going to believe this. This old bag wants a half a head of lettuce. And he didn't realize that she had followed him to talk to the manager. And he turns around, he says, and this lovely lady wants the other half of the lettuce. In so many ways and so many times we say things that we shouldn't say, and that's what James is going to talk about today. In every chapter of James, James says something about our mouths and the danger they get us into. James, and throughout his letter, he's constantly reminding us, watch what you say, be careful how you say it, and when it's said, make sure that it's said with loving kindness. And that is, James speaks more about the tongue than any other thing that he speaks about in his letter. There's a reason, because there was an issue in the early church, and that is people just said what they wanted to say without any results or consequences of what is being said. Here's what James says. If you look at me, starting James chapter 1, we're going to look at actually a verse 2. We're going to go through the whole, all the verses in just a little bit. But first, let's look at verse 2. Here's what James says. It says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is what? Oh, come on, guys. Is what? Perfect. It says, able to keep their whole body in check. Father, help us today to hear your word, to be changed by it, God, to be monitor, to be mature, to grow in our faith today, to learn how to be careful with what we say, because what we say has a resulting effect. God, may you just guide and direct us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So James says, if you are able to keep your tongue in check, you are a perfect person. Perfection means flawless. It means without error. It means without any flaw whatsoever. Perfection is who you are if you can keep your tongue in check. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm looking around the room and I don't see anyone perfect out here. And I'm definitely not perfect. So we're in good company today to hear what James is gonna challenge us with about how do we manage our mouths? How do we get it under control? Well, I wanna break it down in this way. Why must I watch what I say? First question is, the problem is, why do we need to watch what we say? Well, here's three reasons why we need to watch what we say. Uh, words are significant, and words have authority, and words have power to carry on. And he gives some illustrations with this. Number one, we need our tongue directs where we go. Our tongue directs the course of our life. It directs our trajectory in life. Here's what he says in verse three. He says, when we put a bit in the mouth of horses, we make them what? We make them obey. They, they do what we tell them to do. We can turn them, we can turn the whole animal or take ships, for example. He goes in another illustration, take ships. Although they are very large and driven uh, by very strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. 
So, so James starts off by saying it directs the course of our life. Our mouths direct the trajectory of our lives. And because of that, like a horse with a bit in his mouth, we can control a wild animal, two and 3,000 pound animal. We can move him where we want him to go because of a tiny bit in his mouth. Or you take uh, a ship like the Titanic, or maybe that's not the best example because they didn't do so well, but you take a battleship, you take any kind of major ship, and that small rudder determines the course and the direction of where they are to go. Queen Mary is three acres of recreational space, the ship is, three acres, and yet a little rudder determines where three acres goes on a water. Why? Because though the mouth or the tongue is small, it's mighty in power. And it directs the course of our life. It says this, it says that they are steered by a very small rudder, but it goes wherever the pilot wants it to go. It goes wherever the jockey, I think of a small jockey on top of a big horse, a little bitty guy can direct the course of a horse because it directs the way it goes. It's like a monk in a monastery. It's one of those tapestry monasteries where they couldn't talk. They could only talk two words they would get at the end of every single year. They could say two words, but they had to remain silent the rest of the time. So a brand new monk came into the monastery. He just started the mon- just joined the monastery and he understood the rules. So he remained quiet for a year. At the end of one year, he said, bed hard. Another year goes around, second year rolls around. He says, uh, food stinks. Another year rolls around. He gets ready to do his third year and he says, I quit. And the head monk looked at him and said, well, I should hope so. All you've done is complain since you got here. (laughs) Our tongue directs the course of our life. Our tongue determines where we're going in life. The question I have for all of you guys is where is your tongue taking you? Where is your mouth directing you? How is your mouth directing your family? How is your mouth directing your business or your job? How is your mouth directing where you're going? Because it directs our life. The second reason that we have to guard our tongue or watch what we say is our tongue can destroy what I have. Our tongue can destroy what I have. Here's what it says. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider the great forest set on fire by a small spark. It says, the tongue is also a fire. The world of evil among parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, James is getting into it now, people. He is saying, the tongue is evil. It's like a fire. You can't control it. And it burns everything down that it comes into contact with if you're not careful. It goes on to say, all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But what? Say it with me. But no human. But what? No human being can tame the tongue. Well, then what are we doing? Let's just stop the sermon right here and call it quits. We can't tame it. But he says this, can't tame the tongue 
can't be tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly, deadliness that comes. Likewise, I read this, right? Deadly poison. Now go to the next verse, this. Here's what it says. Proverbs, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Careful what you say. Imagine a beautiful forest, lush and growing and green, and one little spark can burn it all down to the ground. In 1983, in Australia, overnight, 600 miles was burned because of one spark that took it all out. And some people in life, unfortunately, because of the pain that they've been in their life and because of the pain they've experienced in their life, some people in life can be verbal arsonists. I want you to think about that. A verbal arsonist is someone that hurts people no matter where they go. They say evil and wicked things all the time. They gossip, they betray, they talk bad about, they tear down instead of building up. They're constantly criticizing, constantly critiquing and bringing down negative verbal arsonists. They burn down everyone around them. These are the people, when they walk into a room, you run. You don't want to be around them. They're negative Nellies. Their life is always better. They want to tear you down and make you feel worse than where you're at. The old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a lie. Words hurt. Words cut. And words can go two different directions. Words that cut, that are from a positive place and a growing place, they cut and they hurt, but they can rebuild and they can build stronger. But then words that are just done out of venomous arsonists where they just spew it out, tear down and burn everybody down. That doesn't build up. There's two different kinds of words that you can speak. Not everything that is being told to us and everything that's being said needs to be positive, but make sure it's coming from a good source and a good heart. Why? Because the power, the tongue has the power to destroy. The tongue has the power to direct. And the tongue has the power to, the, the, my tongue displays who I am. My tongue displays who I am. It tells everybody who I am and what I'm doing in life. It says, with the tongue, we praise the Lord God, our Father. And with it, we curse human beings. You can go to the scripture there, guys. Verse 9 and 12. It says, with the tongue, we praise God, our Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Cursing and praise should not come. Why? Why should they not come? Because can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, my brothers and sisters, this cannot happen. It says, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt produce fresh water. He's saying, listen, don't be contrary to who you say you are. If you're a Christ follower, don't curse man and then praise God and claim to be a follower of Christ. Tame the tongue because your tongue displays your real faith in God. It really tells a story about who he is. His praise off your lips, and yet you talk and gossip about the person that you work next to at work. 
I'll let that set there for a minute. Simmer in, right? Because it's true. With the same God, we, with the same tongue, we praise God and curse men, curse men, curse our women, curse our fellow employees. We do it all the time. We can, we're all at fault with it. I'm at fault with it as much as everybody else in this room. We get caught up in emotions. We say things that we shouldn't say. We gossip about people that we shouldn't gossip about. We tear people down and we, we, we make judgments about people that we shouldn't make judgments about. And all it's doing is displaying the fact that your tongue is not controlled by God. It's controlled by you. Who can tame the tongue? Who can control this thing that directs, that destroys, that displays? Who and what can we do about it? What's the problem here? There's a problem. There's a problem that we have as humans. There's a problem we have. You know what the problem is? The problem is our hearts. Our heart's the problem. Our hearts that are not fully surrendered to Christ. Our hearts that want what we want, but we also want what God wants to give us. We want the things of God, but we also want the things of the world. <laughs> we, we, we want God to bless us. We want God to curse someone else, right? Man, it's really quiet. This is a good message. I know it's quiet. It's got to be good. Because we want God to bless us, but then we don't want to pray blessings on other people because we're jealous of what they have or we're, 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 uh, we don't think they deserve it. We put ourselves in the place of God. Yet at the end of the day, none of us deserve the blessing of God except by the grace of God. Amen? Are you all with me? None of us deserve it except by the grace of God. So how can we change our heart it says, can fresh water and salt water flow from the same springs? No, this cannot happen. You can't have both. You have to choose. You have to choose which one it is. And our problem is our heart. See, here's what I've learned about people. Matthew 12, 34 says this, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. A person who has a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person who has a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person who has an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person uh, who has a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person who has a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who has a critical heart or critical tongue has a bitter heart. A person who's always encouraging has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. A person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. The question is, what does your tongue say? And that determines your heart. Are you harsh? Are you negative? Are you overactive? Are you boasting? Are you critical? Check your heart. Because from the flow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how are we going to fix our tongues? Let's get into this. Here's the solution. Here's the solution, how we fix our tongue. Very simple. We're going to start with number one, we're going to get a new heart. Now I'm not talking, go to the doctor and find a whole new heart because that's not possible. I'm talking about through the Holy Spirit, through God himself, he will give us a new 
heart. Here's what Ezekiel 18.31 says. Rid yourself of all offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Repent. Forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. Come to him and say, give me a new heart. Instead of just just painting the outside of a poisonous well, we're going to dig the well up. We're going to find deeper water that's healthy water, pure water, and we're going to get a new heart. We're going to ask God to change us from the inside out. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new person in the old is past. Behold, the new, the new has come. We need God to help us get a new heart. Psalms, create in me a new heart, O God, a clean heart, God. Give me something new. We ask God, first off, God, what is it I'm critical about? What is it I'm poisonous about? What is it I'm toxic about? How is my tongue conveying the situation or the status of my heart? That's what we ask God. What does my tongue do that is a direct corresponding uh, direction of what our heart is. So the first thing is we get a new heart. Second thing is we ask God every day for help. Just being very simple with you guys today, be very practical. We get a new heart and every single day we get up and we say, God, this thing is corrupt. It's wicked. Who can tame it? Who can control it? Holy Spirit, only you can. Hello? Right? Every day you wake up, you take a breath, you get on your feet and you go to your knees. You say, God, help me with my tongue today that I may glorify you and build others up around me. And when I don't, and when I tear down, would you convict me to be different and to change? Here's what Psalm 141 says, says, set a guard over your mouth over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. I love that picture. I love the picture. Set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. I mean, just, just everybody close your mouth. That's your door. That's your door. I can not have a ventriloquist, okay? But that's your door. And sometimes, shut the door. I don't like the word shut up. I, we didn't let our kids say and grow up. We never said it. I know sometimes people say it around me. They'll say shut up. I'll be like, oh, you cussed. You know? But I can say shut that door. Shut your door. <laughs> right? Shut your door. Close the door of your lips. Uh, memorize God's word when you get up in the morning. Put on the muzzle, so that you can only speak what God wants you to say. You say, don't let me be critical. Don't let me be judgmental today. God, if someone doesn't do it the way that I do it, that's okay. Just help me to understand that they're doing the best they can do and let me give grace for the others. Help, the, help me be, have a better attitude in how I handle people. Let the Spirit of God rest in you. Uh, computer statement always was garbage in, garbage out. What you allow to come in is what will come out. So I would say not only every day do you guard your lips, but guard your eyes, guard what you watch, guard what you hear, guard what you listen to. Cause I'm telling you, it will come out at some point in time in your mouth. It will be 
respected in there. So we're going to uh, get a new heart, ask God for a new heart. We're going to ask God for help every single day. And then number three, we're going to do something that is so hard. Say it with me. We're going to think before we speak. Hmm. Turn your neighbor and say that. Think before we speak. <laughs> you ever met anybody that has diarrhea of the mouth? I mean, and you may be here. It might be you, but I know there's none here. Like I say, they go to other churches in town. They don't go here. Listen, think before we speak. Engage the mind. Shut the mouth off. Engage the mind. Shut the mouth off. Before you have that heated conversation, think about how you're going to approach it. Now, sometimes it's still going to go heated. I know Michelle and I, we have those passionate conversations. They're not arguments. They're just passionate. Hers versus mine. At the end of the day, though, we have to watch what we say, how we speak, how we handle, and then do our best to make up. It says everyone should be quick to listen, James says in 119. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Engage your mind. Listen. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Listening's really hard. My tongue is restless, so I have an unsettled heart. I, I can admit that today. But I also know this, I'm not like I used to be, but thank God I'm not where I'm going to be. He's not done with me yet. He's teaching me things that I used to be really passionate about. I used to feel like I had to fight for and have an argument about and every single turnaround that I could because I, by God, I had to tell the truth. God's kind of tampered that, tempered that, kind of brought that down, quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm really curious about what people think. I really want to know with some of the things that we have going on in our culture and some of the arguments that people have going on. I really want to talk to people and just be like, hey, why do you think that way? I'm just curious. I don't want to argue. I just want to know. Tell me why you think that way. I really want to know. I'm really curious on how anybody can be so stupid to think the way you think. No, that's not what I would say. That's not what I would say. I really want to know. <laughs> so we're going to ask God for a new heart. We're going to pray every day and ask him to help us with the mouth and the tongue that we have. And we're gonna think before we speak. We're gonna think before we speak. And if we do these things, we'll find that we may not have a perfect tongue, but we have a managed tongue. What does managing mean? Managing means you're aware of it. You're aware of the burn. You're aware of the toxicity. You're aware of the hurt that your tongue can cause. And listen, you don't have to speak directly to the person. It's just talking about the people behind their back that burns it down. The fire that they're talking about, the fire that James talks about, he's not talking about you getting burned. He's talking about the fire that you cause and you burn with other people's lives and you burn their lives down. So be careful. Same God, we can't glorify God and curse men. We must be children like Jesus called us to be. And as children of God, we must walk out our faith, live out our faith, get a new heart, ask God for help every day and think before we speak. Bow your heads to me today. Father, would you just help us today, God, in such a hard 
word to hear. God, our tongue, though, is so, everything that James says is so true. We see it play out in our everyday life. And God, today, in our world today, it's not just, it's not just what people are saying, it's what they're posting. It's what they're texting. It's what they're uh, doing on social media, God. It's, it's those things that are hurtful. It, it, it's not just tongues, it's thumbs, and it's, and it's words that are spoken in hatefulness. God, your word, as it challenges us today, it, God, it's a small rudder that controls a mighty ship. It's a spark that sets it all on fire. It's a bit in the mouth, mouth of a mighty beast that is controlled. And God, if we're being truthful today to be Christ followers, fresh water and salt water can't flow from the same spring. One pollutes the other. So God, may our words be glorifying to you and may our words be glorifying to those around us. With your head bowed and eyes closed, let's just be real today. We have not arrived. We're not there. We've hurt. We've spoken about. We've tore down. We've beat down with our tongues or with our posts but we can do better. And the beautiful part about God, the beautiful part about, about who he is, is, he gives us a chance to make it right. He gives us a chance to start over. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a chance every day to make it new, to engage our minds and to think. And because of that, we can be truly followers of Jesus Christ. We can be the example of faith. We can be not like all the rest where they say, typical Christian hypocrite. Say what I do, not what I do. God, you've called us to be better. You've called us to be stronger. You've called us to set examples, set apart, be different. So God, would you just move upon our hearts? And God, honestly, today, we're just being honest, being real today, being real. We've missed it. If you're here today, I just, you're here, you've missed it. You've missed the mark of the, uh, the mouth. Like you just said things and hurt people and burned down people and just hurt and, and just crushed hearts and maybe known or even unknown. Just right there where you're at, would, could we just ask him to forgive us? Just right there where you're at. Can we ask him just forgive us? says things that are so vile and so hurtful and burn down and break down and cause so much pain. God, forgive us. And, and God, here's the second part. As you move on, now say this. Say, God, give me a new heart and help me every day with my tongue. Help us every day with our tongues, God, to not just glorify you and praise you, but to build up those around us, to love those around us, God, to, to guard the door, the door of our tongue, our lips to be shut at times and not say anything. Holy Spirit, just close them and convict us and say, don't say it, don't say it, walk away, walk away, don't say it. So that God, we may stay true to the glorifying God and God not cursing men and women around us. 
some of our family, some of our friends, some of our co-workers, God. So, Lord, would you just move upon our hearts right now in the next few moments of time? Would you just strengthen us and just let us know that, God, you're with us, guide and direct us, help us to monitor our tongue. In Jesus' name.
today, this week, to be able just to guard our mouth and tongue, know that love came down for us. God, we need to bring love to this crazy, chaotic world. Help us to have unshakable faith in the face of adversity. Help us to stand when no one else will. And God, most importantly, let us love as only you can love, God. May you go with us. Let us teach us, God, every day how to manage our mouth, new heart, pray every day you guard and direct us and God most importantly engage our minds to only say what needs to be said and God when need be shut the door so God go with us I pray in Jesus name everybody said amen amen God bless you guys have a great day we'll see you next Sunday You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.